0: ready. All right, guys. What is up? It's David and Steve coming to you with another episode of Meet Us at the Rig slash the Rig. Last time you guys tuned in, what did they get, Steve?
1: They got training versus testing.
0: Training versus testing because we were in the middle of a test week. Yes. And next week, the Open starts. The 2020 Open.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm still... I don't like it. I don't get OCD. (laughs) I don't get OCD about a lot of stuff, but like... With the change, and we did 2019, and then this is 2020, but it's 2019. Yep. Every year from here on out will be next year, the 2021 Open, except it's 2020. Had an ordeal trying to figure out what to put on the shirt. I just, <laughs> I just like stuff that makes sense. So. The, uh,
0: I, I guess the nice thing is it's going to line up with the games, right? So the 2020 Open will be for the 2020 games. That's fair. And so it'll at least line up that way. Um, and it's always been interesting cause like, uh, if you talk about like the, it used to be there was seasons to this thing, right? Where right. the open led into regionals led into the games yep. and you would call it the season of the games that it culminated with. So like right. this past, so right now we're in the middle of the 2020 CrossFit season, mm-hmm. which has kind of been blown out of the water with the sanctionals events and everything. But, um, so I guess maybe it's nice that it lines up that way. We need
1: to explain that cause the conversation for the people who are interested in you know, in our community, and just they might not know, but like, just it has changed. It used to be relatively simple yeah. open season, yeah. CrossFit season starts, top 100 go from the open to regionals, yeah. from regionals to the games. Yeah. The end. And it, was now. A, it
0: was a very linear qualifying right. method, and it was based purely upon where you were in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think even then, at that point, they were very strict about like you had to be working out at a certain affiliate. You had to prove that you worked out there, right. a third of the year or something. I can't remember exactly. Uh-huh. What the, half of the year. Um, now it's very much more like scattered oh, right. all over the place. And we have to got the open. How many is it? Sixteen sanctionals events now. I lost count. But I think it's kind of cool that they're trying to uh, they're trying to kind of make it a little more seamless, where qualifying, you know, if you, a certain number the, the open. Will qualify you for other sanctional events, and so they've kind of, they've kind of streamlined that process because it used to be, um, the open, which we, if you you've not done the open before, it's five weeks. Okay. The workout is released on a Thursday. Nobody knows what it is before that day. Right. On the Thursday, there'll typically be uh, like a watch, like a, on. It used to be on Facebook or YouTube. Is it on? Fa- it's on Facebook still, right? That's typically where they. What did it.
1: they used to do? I, I know last year was terrible. I but think this year the
0: rogue is taking rogue, it over, right? Thankfully, so it should yes, be cool. It should be good. It Should be fun. Um, but like, I think the the twenty point one announcement, which will be Thursday night, I think that's yeah. the tenth of October. I that it was is a September month. calendar. It doesn't help us, but it'll be it'll be like seven p.m. Yeah, that night. I think it was Froning and Scott uh, Rich Panchik. Froning and Scott Panchik are going to mm-hmm. go head to head, and so they like like the way that they built it up is like typically it's Dave Cash. I don't know if it'll be Dave or last year, twenty nineteen. I guess this. One. Past spring it was not, but announces it in his classic, like, 20.1 is long, dramatic pause. Here's the workout. It's like, oh, my gosh. And then these two guys have 10 minutes to warm up and then do the workout, kind of like first go, see how it goes. Um, I hope he does the clues this year. That So he's been posting some workouts. He Has he? he? Yeah, he's hit like 11.6. He's like, 11.6 was one of my least favorite workouts I've ever done. Yeah. 12.1, 12.1, with the one that was seven minutes of burpees to a six-inch I target. mean, it's
1: not like I ever figured any of them out, but it was just like, what is this dude even... Like, I, I'm trying to remember. There was one... I didn't even... I I thought I was in, like, the twilight zone. I'm like, maybe I'm missing it. And you see all the people making the comments like, oh, it's it's fifteen five again. And I'm like, dude, I'm looking wow. at, like, a box of crayons, some marshmallows, <laughs> and a dog treat, and everybody's guessing workouts. I don't even know, like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, whatever, man. <laughs> and they, they try to they try to connect a crazy amount of symbolism to it, right. and it, it's a fun time of year. Um, but so those five weeks, so it's you know twenty point one, twenty point two, twenty point three, twenty point four point five. We're assuming that there's only going to be five weeks, but those five weeks are the kind of the way they release those workouts. You have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to mm-hmm. do the workouts, and then Monday at seven PM you have to submit your score validated by the gym when you, in which right. you did it, um, and then. After those 5 weeks shakeout, you'll have this idea of where you kind of stand in the world in terms of your fitness. And, and the nice thing about doing this is that it's a – of the, all the sanctional events, it's definitely the highest, uh, the most, like, regimented in terms of, like, the way they have people go through the judging course. Right. Like, you have to have somebody judging you uh, or you're supposed to have somebody ju- judging you. Um, it needs to be validated by a judge and the gym. Um, and most sanctional events don't do that, but but what they've done is they have piggybacked on the open, that rigorous, uh, that rigorous judging standard mm-hmm. that the, that the CrossFit headquarters tried to do with the the CrossFit Open, right. um, and they're piggybacking on that for their the different sanctional events. As opposed to having to do a three week qualifier for Wadapalooza or a mm-hmm. Granite Games or whatever, you can now qualify through with your score from the open, which I think is pretty cool. Right. Um, but it'll be honestly, we won't know what this season's going to be like until. <laughs> next July, August when the 2020 games happens and we yeah. say yes this was this was okay or actually you know what and the cool thing is I think regardless of what happens is that they're going to try and make it better.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. I just I am I will come around. It's like you know when your first like a new song comes out by, by your artist and you're like man that song is trash <laughs> and then you like hear it 200 times and you're like hmm. Maybe that's a I like it a little bit like I because I think what I enjoyed about the old way was we would have the open was it March February somewhere around there yeah and then the games would be in a relatively short window after that now it's like all right 2020 open is in October yeah the games are next (laughs) and I get like next August and I get it because you got the sanctionals now and they Okay, if I don't qualify in the open, I got to go to this sanctional and yep. that
0: sanctional, and the all season, of these. The season's just not as well condensed, right? Um, and so it'll be interesting. Yeah, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. We'll find but, out. but next Thursday, the tenth, we'll have the first uh, the first announcement. We'll yeah. find out what's going on.
1: We should we should get whiskey and watch it and tell people about
0: it. You like the alliterations, don't you?
1: Whiskey and watch. You know me. <laughs> I could do
0: alliterations all day. all day. It is one of my favorite literary devices, alliterations are. I, I enjoy them a lot. Yeah. All right, guys, so this week, riding on the coattails of training and testing, mm-hmm. um, where the open is very much testing-oriented, right? right. We talked about the difference between yeah. training and testing last week. This week, we're going to talk about generalist versus specialist, okay. um, or generalist or specialist. Right? Yes. It's, it's which it,
1: are you? Are you one? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what they are? And, oh,
0: and so uh, it's similar to the training and testing. We're going to talk about terms. So we're mm. going to talk about those two different things. Maybe people haven't heard generalists and specialists before. Um, the first time I really, I mean, I guess it was probably it was probably kind of, never was never expressly said, right. generalists and specialists. Those first time those terms came out for me were my level one, and then it became a, like a, a lens through which I kind of looked at the way people kind of address athletic careers or the way they kind of address their training. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, I guess it opened my eyes or, it, or it, it readjusted my focus in terms of what is it that we're trying to do? Okay. Where is it that you want to be? Based upon those two things and who you want to be, how how we should be uh, directing our, our training focus. Okay. Um, and then you could also even talk, we're not, we're not going to necessarily get into this, but like how you're training and then how you're testing what you're doing. Um, and then one of the reasons why generalists or specialists came up, in, 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 for me, especially this week right before the Open, is I believe that the Open rewards the generalist tremendously. Yeah. Um, and for those of us who want to do as well in the Open as we possibly can, training in a way that sets us up for general success, so not necessarily being the best at one specific avenue, right. um, being pretty even keel across the board, or or really I like to think of it as not having any weaknesses, is going to set yourself up for the most possible success you can possibly have in the Open. If you are excellent at everything but chest-to-bar pull-ups, you know that chest-to-bar pull-ups are going to be in the, I think every single Open to this point has included chest-to-bar pull-ups. I would agree. You're going to have one of those workouts that no matter how good you are at the other four, you're going to have one workout that you're going to not do well in. Correct. And if people want to do the, way, the best they possibly can, the, the best method to do that is to have a good high average across all five, finish, a good high finish across all five workouts. Mm-hmm. And if you have one that's dragging you down significantly, you're really kind of hamstringing yourself in terms of how well you're going to do in terms of your overall leaderboard placement. hundred um, percent. So real quick, generalists, like I mentioned, good across the board. The generalist is training for a little bit of everything. Um... The generalist is dabbling in gymnastics, is dabbling in Olympic lifting, is dabbling in maybe powerlifting, maybe some strongman. Dabbling. Dabbling, yes. and that's the, that's the, the, not spending so much time in that any any one avenue training avenue, that uh, they lose a tremendous amount of footing in any of the other avenues. Um, the specialist mm-hmm. would be the opposite that opposite way of that. So finding one of those things and just attacking. And becoming awesome at those things. Correct. Um, I think that, uh, in education, I like to use I like to use analogies. Uh, the education analogy is one I of these things. I love analogies. Um, so, like when you get your high school, uh, is it a diploma? Do you get a diploma? Is it a degree? What's no, diploma. Diploma. Pretty sure it's diploma. When you graduate high school, <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Diploma. <laughs> <laughs> when you get that, you have a general education. That's why they call it. If you don't do that, when you're at 18 or 1718 whatever that is and you go back and get it. it's a ged right general right. education degree uh diploma whatever it is somebody will somebody we'll will figure com- it out somebody will comment and tell us you get that general the ged you're getting kind of a wide swath of a general broad brush stroke of lots of different avenues yes um you might have gone a little bit speciality you might be good at math and so you went into like ap math or something okay. like that but you're getting a little bit of language arts history you're getting some mathematics. You probably, have, if you're in Missouri, you had to do some physical education as well. How good that physical education was is mm-hmm. probably right. well, maybe suspect. Um, there are probably literate. Uh, what else did I say? Lit. You, saw, you probably got some reading, maybe some, a little bit of everything, right? Yes. You dabble. You don't get a you don't get a high speciality of any of those things until you graduate high school and you say, I do want to go on to college, or I want to go on to. Uh, uh, if you're in the, the Canadian states, you go on to university that's for you Sabrina yeah
1: and they do that in like Africa too yeah is it you know, university university which yeah. is to each their own <laughs> uh,
0: And so because there is a difference in college and university in yeah, those places right. uh, but you go on to college and then you get a specialty degree. so like when I went to college I got a mechanical engineering degree. I got a, you can get like a bachelor's or a master's and all those different types of things. It's a specialty, right? So like if I were to be going to be hired for something and I was gonna put on my resume, I got a, a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering mm-hmm. and I was applying to be a chef.
1: Yeah.
0: It would probably not be that well received. You'd be a line cook. <laughs> and if I was and that's where so like if you're gonna switch your career, there's like a, a there's a there's typically a lot associated with that of like, oh I'm gonna go back to school to learn this thing so that I can be taken seriously in this field again. Right. Um and then eventually, you know, you get all the way down to like a Ph.D. And a Ph.D. for me is like you're at the tip of the knowledge point, the spear, yes. in that one thing. But that doesn't and we do this in society a lot where we think that Ph.D. knows a lot about everything. Right. And that's not true. Yeah. They know a lot about that one – The SME. Singular thing, the subject, subject matter, matter expert. expert. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they know a lot about that one thing, which is awesome because I think that there's a lot of – there's a lot of things out there and if we need to get really nitty-gritty about something, yeah, zone in on, hone on on one thing. Right. Um, but typically, the reason why high school is so general is because generally, you don't need a super specific amount of information to get through life or to do the things that you need to do in life. I would agree. Um, and to that so this is where the generalist would be the person who has a dabbling in a lot of things. Yeah. Maybe you get out of school, high school, and you go and you want to learn something, so you go to YouTube, which you can learn almost anything now on YouTube, and you start to learn those things, or you decide that you're going to sign up for a certification as opposed to a, or a seminar as opposed to a four-year degree or six-year degree, and you get a good amount of information or knowledge in all these different places, um, and you can put together a pretty solid amount of information, but you're never going to be that PhD unless you actually like, dive go to dive it. into it. Oh,
1: yeah. And, and I think for me, uh, conversely... Because you can go to college and come out with a general studies degree like I did. Because, um, you know, uh, it's interesting for me because in two dynamics, I'm a specialist and in the other one, I'm a generalist. So I went to school and I wanted to conquer the world. I came out of high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do other than play football. So I did that. But in terms of my education... I did Spanish, I did elementary education, then I switched to, uh, no, I went education, then I went to Spanish, then spent almost three and a half years sociology and psychology. And then, because I'm me, I switched, <laughs> like going into my senior year, <laughs> and they were like, hey, Steve, By the way. I'm not sure what kind of budget you have, but... Uh, <laughs> You want these hours to count that you've accumulated. The only place that would count is in the School of Agriculture. And I said, damn, what am I doing? That's what happens when you're one of the first to go to college in your family. Yep. You don't have a plan, really. So I switched and I was able to count all my hours. But
0: nice.
1: uh, technically what I left with uh, was general studies with an emphasis. Well, it's an emphasis in economics hospitality law, okay, parks, rec and management tourism, and a minor in sociology, <laughs> psychology, and Spanish. So Jeez. I had a lot on uh, that resume to yeah, talk man. about.
0: Yeah, so this is where you <laughs> could go apply for a lot of different things.
1: Oh, and I did. <laughs> Just to turn around and be a coach. Yeah, so
0: absolutely. And, and here we are.
1: Here we are. So but
0: at, at the at the end of it, so I think that it all kind of comes down to, so we talked about the difference between generalist and specialist. Right. Specialist in sport would be the person who is like, uh, I am sold out to weightlifting. So we talk about, the, I think, the World Weightlifting Championships just happened. Yes. I don't remember where they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the, not, not Tokyo. Anyway, there, I thought it was some Asian country. Yeah. been could have been a South America. Was country. it China? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, wherever it was, I mean. was, we're seeing all these things come out from Hook Grip and, and mm-hmm. ATG. all these people setting world records.
1: Yeah. Those big, people. Big
0: weight. Moving big weights, like, like, yes, big weights, world record weights, those people are weightlifting specialists. Mm-hmm. In the sport of doing three things, which we talked about during the strength of B-sides, snatch, clean, jerk, they are world-level, like, world-elite-level athletes in those three things that makes them a specialist. This is what I do. They probably have pretty decent athleticism. They probably could right. apply those at that athleticism elsewhere, but they have decided to specialize their their skills straight into. it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in even and this is where there's 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 uh, a spectrum for all these people, right? So, I would say Matt Fraser, he is a CrossFit specialist. Yes. So this is even CrossFit, which is general, like it's the, you're doing lots of different things. You're not just doing weightlifting, right? We're now taking the world of sport, and we're opening up that world of, of strength and conditioning and saying, I'm going to be really good at the world of strength and conditioning. Right. I'm going to be the best in the world at exercising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's still, he's a general specialist. He specializes yes. in generality of strength and conditioning. Correct.
1: And he trains for it, though, because yeah. you got to think yeah. his background he came from was uh, weightlifting, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I, I saw some video somewhere where he talks about training to not have a wheelhouse. Yeah. And I think the importance of why does the generalist versus specialist or generalist or specialist matter is because, I mean, it's the same thing no matter what we talk about. You have to know who you are in order to have success. When I look at myself, from the outside looking in, it could look like I suck at CrossFit. I would beg to differ in the sense of when I look how I've been built my entire life, I am an explosive athlete. That's why I like stuff like weightlifting and the assault bike. And Over time, I don't mind wall balls, but from growing up doing track, basketball, and football, all of those sports, all of the training for those sports are within the, the it phosph- phosphogenic? No, yeah. it's
0: that one. Yes. Phosphogenic, yeah. That pathway. Maybe a little bit of glycolytic, but like. Maybe,
1: because I ran a 400 in track.
0: Definitely anaerobic. Definitely not like, aerobic pathway.
1: That's how I've been built. That's how I've been trained my whole life. So when I transition into CrossFit, where. That only plays in certain spots. It is a constant battle. I'm aware of it. You're going to be really good at
0: that two to six minute time frame. Love it. All day.
1: Love it. Let's go.
0: 15 to 30 minute time frame. I put a little bit of hurt on you. Got
1: to pace it, right? (laughs) And that's the thing, though. I I am aware of it. And the challenge is always to, again, know, okay, how do I get out of it if I really want to press into being a generalist? Yeah. I got to work on the whatever the term is the the, the the not fun stuff the grunt work the, the sucky things that you don't do I
0: think like Ben Bergeron refers to it as like the goat training like yeah the, the goat stuff, the, yes, stuff that you're not, the stuff that you're not good at yep that one thing that gets your goat the chest the bars in the open the thing that every single time it comes around you say dang it mm-hmm. if only I was better at,
1: pfft, right
0: I would be I would have finished better in that
1: workout 100% and the reason I say that like that's how you have success is then you can look at understanding the two because we have folks you know, even in our community where we got some folks that are like, I, I feel they have good balance. Yep. We have some other folks that um, are more on one end of the spectrum or the other. But because they've done CrossFit so much, they're in shape enough to leverage themselves in stuff that they might not be so good at um, by design, if you will. Um, and I and, and it's an interesting concept to me. I, I really enjoy that aspect of coaching and just developing athletes um because that is the fun part in my mind like okay you want to be better at this are you willing to sacrifice some of that strength to de- i personally am not but,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> that's not true he, he's been talking to me about how strength is overrated
1: I, I i go back and forth depending on how i feel emotionally but it's <laughs> right uh, he feels, he feels but the uh being able to look at it and say if i want to be good at gymnastics then I have to, eat, you know, what does my year look like? How do I build that plan out? Um, and you go from there. And it is a long game. Yeah. That's the the interesting part about CrossFit to me is it's a not. I mean, specifically about this, like okay, for me to get uh, better at gymnastics, that's a long play. A, a long, long play. Like, gotta lose some weight. Got to practice on it got to suck at it for a little bit. Got to grind through that in order to then get decent at it maybe and maybe increase
0: flexibility. Like there's 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 uh, lots of avenues or of different rivers whole lot kind of to go on building A plan. Plan. Yeah.
1: whole lot to go into it. And I think that is that's why it's important to define this for people to say yeah. they can now look at themselves on a different spectrum. Yeah. That is more appropriate to like I said, it's easy to look at ourselves from one lens and say, "Oh, I just suck at CrossFit." Oh, I'm not good at this. That's not necessarily true. Yeah. Let's flip the lens and look over here on the, on this side. So.
0: And I think the couple of things that you hit on that are super important. So you talked about looking at the background. What What have you done? Yeah. Um, if you're in any type of sport, especially kids these days, like mm-hmm. they kids specialize earlier and earlier. When I was right. growing up, I played uh, I played basketball, I played soccer, I played baseball,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I rode my bike. Yeah. I never played football because my mom thought I was going to get hurt. Yeah. But I played football at recess. Like, but you know, <laughs> I, I I played a lot of things. Right. Uh, and those are all similar sports, but there's differences, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, there's a lot of athleticism that goes into there. But I never really specialized in anything until baseball, and then I got into the point that I was taking batting practice. Mm-hmm. Like I would take I would take batting lessons, and I would take okay. pitching lessons, um, and then you start getting into that 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 sport speciality place Mm -hmm. um and then you can kind of look back at your if if you did athletics your athletic career or even just like the way that you enjoyed playing when you were a kid and saying where am i probably either genetically or i just spent more time in that area you mentioned anaerobic the Mm -hmm. phosphogenic glycolytic the the short sprint high power output models Mm -hmm. and looking at that and saying that's probably why i prefer those things right However, if I want to be more well-rounded, I probably should spend some time elsewhere. And that's where, like the like we talked the GOAT training, like training the things that you're not good at. Um, and for those of you who are not understanding me, that's G-O-A-T, like GOAT, Yeah. Get, goat. the thing that gets your GOAT. Um,
1: I, I still don't get that, like, I don't, gets, I the, don't get gets the GOAT. Is uh, that like a there's, country, there's, the there's country a, thing? Or? I don't know if that's like. I don't know. I
0: don't know. <laughs> Somebody can explain it to us. Uh, but looking back at that will help. Kind of show you if you're not necessarily necessarily sure why it is that you why it is that you veer a certain a certain way that can give you some answers mm-hmm. um, and then if you do in fact want to widen out that that uh, that let's say just the experiences that you've had so that you're not so terrible
1: mm-hmm. or
0: doesn't feel so terrible when you're in that higher end or that that different the opposite end of the spectrum from where you normally you have been get into those areas right. Um And the second one, um, so if you – all of this, this entire conversation, generalist or specialist, 100% comes down to what do you want to do? What do you – what are you trying to do? Um, If you are wanting to be the world's best Olympic weightlifter, doing Atlas stones and strongman stuff is probably not going to be the best way to do that. Right. If you just want to have fun, but you want to be healthy in the in the in the the process of having fun while you're doing it, try a little bit of everything. If you want to, if you say I don't necessarily care about my wonder rep max clean, or I don't necessarily care about my ability, How could you not my <laughs> ability to do kipping pull ups or to bar pull ups or right. butterfly pull ups or whatever it might be, you're looking at it a little bit less from the st- standpoint of like I need to. I need to get those skills, mm-hmm. there becomes, it becomes a matter of, like, how much. Like, how, everything has a cost, right? Like, right. how much time are you willing to invest to get, you mentioned your gymnastics. How much time are you willing to invest to get better at those gymnastics? If it's not in your list of priorities or it doesn't line up with your values to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not see my friends for the next six months so that I can do this, if, if you say that that's worth it to you, absolutely. Right. But if you also say I don't necessarily need to be be selling my my entire life, sell,
1: sell your soul. Then.
0: Selling my soul in order sell for it. me to get better at <laughs> crossfit or gymnastics or weightlifting, then then give yourself a little bit of that forgiveness, a little bit of that grace Save. to say, hey. And this is where so good enough is is definitely the enemy of like yes. perfection or what is it? Good enough is it? What's the what's the saying? Good enough is the enemy of, or, perfection is the enemy of good enough. Some yeah. one of those two. It, Realize that when something can be good enough for what your goals are, you don't need to push something further than where you want it to be unless you want it to be pushed further, right? And so I think that where we talk about balance, where we talk about like a a human being probably needs to be able to pick up a certain amount of weight from the ground Mm – and be able to maybe put it on their shoulders or carry it around or maybe, like, be able to pick something up and carry it like a farmer's carry. What's the the weight in the job descriptions? 50 pounds? I think it's 50. Can you pick up 45 or 50 pounds? Yeah. Right. And, like, being able to do that in a way that's safe and you're not going to hurt yourself, you're not going to blow a a disc in your back. Um, Being able to say that you're going to be able to sit down and stand up from a chair. Like, those are, like, the, the functional demands of life. And this is, I think, where typically CrossFit, especially, like, the CrossFit as a training methodology versus CrossFit as a sport, Right. came back to that nature will always prefer the generalist to the specialist. The person who has prepared well, good enough for a lot of different things, a lot of right. different um, <clears throat> inputs, whether that be a, a, a weight that you're trying to pick up from the ground, whether that be something that odd object that you're trying to carry from point A to point B, mm-hmm. whether that be uh, teaching yourself uh, how to squat. Like those, The person who has learned those things and has learned it in a way that's mechanically safe mechanically efficient and effective, that person is going to be rewarded over the person who's specialized. Um, we were watching the, uh, the, what's that called, the Strong, uh, it's not Strong Man, it was the, the Rogue Strength Which one? Documentary, the one where the bass guys were lifting those stones oh, to their, be- yeah, to their shoulder. Wow. And I mean, these guys are lifting, what I would argue is a relatively functional thing to be able to put it up on your shoulder. However, the stuff that they were lifting, they like, they like hyper, hyper, machined it so that they could have like grooves and where they can grab and everything. Um, like them doing those things, they've become a specialist in those, those areas. And then you watch them train how they train.
1: They're yeah. picking
0: stuff up and they're carrying stuff. Right. They're, they're taking stuff from the, from the ground to their shoulder and they're putting it back down the ground. Yeah, what did he say?
1: Multiple reps of it. Like, that, <laughs> yeah, this is what he was talking about. Like, and you do multiple reps, you get out of breath, and you try to do it again, and it's just like oh, CrossFit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you
0: grab the barbell and you lift it up to your chin and you put it back down. Oh, like a sumo deadlift, high pull. Got it. You're gonna yeah. do, you're gonna deadlift. Oh, okay. Like the, the 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 functional movements that we see trained again safely, effectively, and efficiently. If you want to take it further than that, you find love for this the the, the Olympic lifts. You find love for the power lifts for sure. Do those things. I think that a specialist will always be rewarded for having a. We call it GPP, General Physical Preparedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, a specialist... With all, all, there's probably some scenarios that you can come up with that, that they would not be rewarded for having GPP, General Physical Preparedness, or a higher amount of aerobic conditioning or a higher amount of anaerobic conditioning for their special sport. But it typically doesn't go necessarily the other way. The generalist isn't necessarily rewarded for being a specialist. Does right. that make
1: sense? No, that makes sense. Like, And, and I think... In reality, though, you know, when you look at the hierarchy of performance, uh, I feel very strongly that, again, minus the particular ones, like, you know, a power lifter, football player, we did conditioning. It was just much different. Like, it wasn't a – we were out there running and jumping and sprinting and doing all of the things to get in shape. You know, like I said, at the height of my, you know, collegiate career, I was about 250, 255, and I was very fast. It was very explosive. I could play 15 to 18 plays in a row, which in football world is a long time to be on the field. And it was fine. The way we trained for it was different. We weren't doing Metcons. We were out there running and doing the stuff. But there was... There were there were some of my teammates, there are football players that don't have the capacity, right? And some of it is, okay, 350 pounds, he's only going to be so in shape. There's some in-shape 350-pound uh, football players. Yep. There are some not in shape, 350, 200, whatever. And so there there is reward for um, GPP in the specialist arena. Um, you see a lot of it now. You see a lot of now that things, because you know, one thing about field sports is uh, it tends to be a little archaic, you know. And as new, con- mean by that? new uh, cent- look, conditioning, the only way to condition is to go run.
0: <laughs> First, if you're if you're doing the 400 meter sprints, like how, how are we going to condition? Well, we're going to run.
1: Right, and yeah. so uh, football, sure. what what football, basketball? You could talk to baseball players; they're running the post. Football players are running sprints. Basketball players, they're running suicides. And that's the way to get in shape. And some of the more advanced coaches or forward-thinking coaches are now looking at CrossFit and saying, that's a hell of a way to get in shape that has added benefit to our athletes. That is the variance cool in the sports world. Variance isn't the thing. Yep, we're trying to win football games, basketball games, whatever. Yep. So I don't give two craps if it's the same thing we're doing or not. Well,
0: well, but and, and because at the end of the day, that like you've mentioned before, that strength and conditioning is not the thing. The it's football, just a piece
1: of it. The right? football is the thing. Yeah. So it's like, but now what does what does this offer um, at my? Uh, and it's it's so interesting because having this conversation with those archaic minded coaches is like talking to a brick wall. I'm like, dude, okay, I've done the, the college strength and conditioning. I've been training athletes from professional athletes to young six, six-year-olds. Yep. Like, we are talking about getting your athletes in shape. And it does not matter if they're running sprints till they puke or if doing a Metcon. If they come to you in shape, what's the difference? Yep. Well... You know, I don't see how they can get in shape if they're not out there. I, yes, there is value in doing the thing, the the sprints, yeah. the field conditioning. A hundred percent that we call it field work. There is
0: the SPP, right? The, the SPP. SP
1: there is so much value in that. They have to do that. But on a the whole, their conditioning, you can literally not run sprints all the time and that be a long-term benefit. Yeah. You tear your muscles up. How, how are we going to build explosive athletes if we're tearing their muscles up? Run, get away with it in college. Why? Because you got the hot, cup, the hot tub, the cold tub, Covenous. the therapy, all of that stuff. But these high schoolers, these middle schoolers, it is absolutely unbelievable the stuff that these coaches think. We're just going to run. Okay. And then by the middle yeah. of the season, your team's broke down, beat up, you're losing games, yeah. and you – what's the problem then, you know? So, yeah. uh, there is so much value in having a solid GPP program for field athletes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it is such a, I don't want to say it's like, it's, you, you gotta be smart about it. Yeah. You gotta like, it's time to, to turn a new leaf. Yeah. And again, it's happening out there. It is happening out in the industry where, you know, I know, um uh, uh, I remember reading or seeing it. I don't remember what it was, but uh, Rich Froning used to do strength and conditioning with the school he went to. Was
0: it Tennessee Tech? Some like that? small
1: school, yeah, yeah. And like introduced it there. And you see these little pop-ups of it across the, yeah. the, the sports landscape, yeah. and it's awesome to see because we all know it has value. Yes. When, yeah. when done correctly, there is value. Now, again, there's a time where the the, the, the specialist has to transition to the specialist stuff. Yep. But at the baseline, when it's time to get in shape, why not be doing this? Yeah. And, so
0: and it goes kind of back to like the you didn't play football year round. C- correct. Like there's an off season for where reason. you do the GPP work so that you can come into the season and mm-hmm. be a beast. Right. For the next however many weeks, and then you go back into that off season again. You yeah. don't just keep playing football, playing football, playing football. Yeah. Um, and I think the last thing that I want to do, so this, this might be for the people out there that's saying, I don't know if I want to be a generalist or a specialist. I think that the your goals will be absolutely be foundational in determining which one you want to be or how you want to go, um, which you enjoy. Yeah. If if you like powerlifting and that's what gets you going and like that's what gets you to continue doing it because at the end of the day the person who can – can be compliant to a program like you could design the most beautiful training program in the world, the most well-rounded. I'll be, I'll be so amazing when I get through with it. But if I look at it and say, there's no way I'm gonna do yeah. that, and I don't do it,
1: did one day out of four.
0: It's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, so if you if you enjoy it and you can stick with it, I might say if you're gonna be the powerlifting, probably do some little bit of like sled conditioning, some some prowler sprints, that type of thing. Like pick a pick a an energetic pathway that's gonna be consistent with what you want to do and not gonna be. Uh, detrimental to your goals but but then lastly it's the demands right right? so like if you're gonna be doing a sport and you just we're gonna that's gonna be completely another topic that we're gonna talk about is youth youth strength and conditioning yeah Um, but the demands of what it is that you want to do with your life if you are so one of the things that's beautiful about CrossFit is it tries to be the training methodology of CrossFit tries to take a human doesn't matter what the human has done Mm -hmm. put them into this put them into this black box of stuff and as they come out on the other side, they'll be generally pretty well-rounded. Regardless of what they've done, right. if they do everything, like they don't do the cherry picking where it's like, well, this is really outside my wheelhouse, so I'm not going to do those right. things. The person that comes out on, on the other side is pretty well-rounded. They're also pretty well, uh, in the well, in well-roundedness, they're pretty well set up for the demands of life. Correct. Do you want to go hike a 14er? CrossFit's a great way to do that. You're gonna get some leg strength. You're gonna get some conditioning. You're gonna get some aerobic capacity in terms of like your blood is able to be, your heart is able to beat, and drive blood through the the muscles and deliver the oxygen where it needs to go. Should you probably do some long slow stuff? Probably. If you're gonna do some box step ups with some weighted vest, perfect. Like that, you, you might do some special training for that thing, but like it's a great general way to set yourself up for. it. Right. If you're a if you're a football player. You know that you're going to be in an anaerobic place. This is where, like, uh, was it CrossFit football, and then it became the sport-specific power athlete. Power athlete, well, yeah, yeah power they,
1: athlete, facilitated sport-specific course. Sport-specific yeah. course for
0: CrossFit, like they, they—that was what they were all about. So, for those of you who have hung around for this entire thing, the way they define CrossFit, which is very <laughs> opaque, is constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity, and like you said, in in football. There's a it's the train for the unknown known and unknowable is CrossFit in football you know the knowns are the knowns are known
1: yeah oh I mean and a prime example for what you mean by knowns are known um, so I'll take the best year that we had at Mizzou because that's awesome to think about um <laughs> what do we do we would train we would do our plays we would do that that's the unknown well what if. You know, what if KU runs a different play than we thought out of this formation? They normally run a play of 90 times, like 90% of the time, like I talked about before. But the knowns, we get halftime. TV timeouts are going to be two minutes. We get five of those. Uh, The game is going to be at 12 p.m. The temperature is 65 degrees. All of this little stuff that, like, As a fan, you don't think matters, but it's critically important to us in preparing for that game. That's why we are always out, you know, football players, they're always out in the summertime in the hot. Why? Because in August, when the season starts, it's usually hot as shit. And if you've been protecting yourself indoors in a climate-controlled environment, when you get on the field, you're going to set yourself up for failure. And those are the knowns. That we have the luxury of existing in.
0: How long is the average play, football play?
1: Six seconds.
0: How long is the average, like you you mentioned 15 to 18 plays in a row. How long does the average player stay on the field for?
1: Uh, (laughs) The rotation varies. Average, uh, five or six.
0: So most that someone's going to be seeing is probably somewhere in the realm of like two minutes. Mm -hmm. Before they're taken off. So like, and this is what we're talking about in terms of knowns or known. Like the demands, you know. In terms of the the, the, the movement demands, mm-hmm. we need to be strong here, right. especially if you're on the line. If you're a, if you're a, a running back, you need to have some lateral moves. You need to be able to uh, plant and and change direction very quickly.
1: And you need to be able to do everything fast, fast, which is Speed. why uh, like you're built for the knowns. Yeah. Because if I'm playing and me and you are on the field, or I'm I'm filling in for you. The expectation is David is going as hard as he can. You're not tackling somebody going half speed in the game. You're going full tilt, hitting (laughs) that person as hard as you can, knowing the whole plan is, yeah, David, you might be in for five plays, but if you need to come out in three, then I'm coming in so you can refuel and go again. And when I say knowing yourself, if that's the environment you grew up in, I grew up in, now, all of a sudden, you got five rounds, 400 meters, 400 meter sprint, quote unquote. <laughs> and then you have to do five or 10 overhead squats or squat snatches. Uh, is there a timeout in between? Or like, <laughs> am I just supposed to keep going? Because that's just not how I I'm built. Yes. And my process to get acclimated to that is different. Absolutely. Now I have to step out of. Oh, I gotta I gotta like work on my breathing different. Yeah. Because this is not anaerobic. This yeah. is <clears throat> I'm about to pass out because I went hard the first round and I got four more and I there's got, no
0: water break. And I got nothing left. <laughs> right? Nothing left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So And and that's where it, like so knowing the demands. So like mm-hmm. if you are going to be a football player and you want to be the best possible football player you possibly can be, be as great in those things as, as you can. Right. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean neglect everything else, but we're going to prioritize those things. Mm-hmm. At at the the flip side of that though is that typically if you've lived there for a long time, you've been a CrossFit or you've been a football player your entire life. In order to transition back into the life of being uh, prepared for whatever, right? Your car breaks down and you have to walk five miles. Mm-hmm. Can you walk five miles? All right. Car breaks down, you have to walk five miles and the last mile of it it starts raining, so you have to run. Or you want to run. Right. Can you do that? Yeah. For me it was like I realized what what the whole thing was about when I was uh, I was late for a flight and I had my bag with me. Mm -hmm. And I got to the the airport and I had to run to my my, my, catch my flight. Yeah. And I got there and I wasn't super sweaty. I wasn't out of breath because I'd been doing crossfit. Like it was a realization of like, oh, like that's why to not just be the person... Before that, I was the power lifter who mm-hmm. never, did, never did conditioning. Yeah. And typically, done, done ideally, I wouldn't have had flexibility issues. I wouldn't have had my, my cardio be so, so far behind my strength at that right. point. However, if you spend a lot of time in a, in a specialist environment, your body is going to be conducive for that specialist environment. Mm-hmm. And typically in life... The generalist will be the thing that's rewarded. So being able to, if you, again, you don't have a plan for your car to break down, right? right. It's not like today I'm planning on my wheel to 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 to, yeah, to blow out and Shred. I love it. <laughs> we're Planning for that to happen, and uh, maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to push my car for a half mile, whatever it might be. You don't plan for that, but the idea is that we do what we do as in the generalist arena. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, you could be like, you know what, I'm capable. I'm able to do these things. Yes. Um, and, and so that was like the, the 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 realization that if you don't have a specific demand, and I would even say maybe you look at a football player and you say, hey, I want to look like a football player. Then maybe you should train like a football player. You should start prioritizing strength. And <laughs> you should start, start prioritizing power and speed. But if you don't have a specific demand
1: yeah.
0: that you're going for, the generalist is probably what you're looking for. Correct. Again, assuming that you, you enjoy training them. Um, there should be. if that's the case, you're going to be spending some time in, in the, the long, slow distance stuff, and you're going to be spending some time in the, the short, sprinty stuff. You're not necessarily going to be the best at any of them. Right. You might be, but you're probably not going to be. You're probably not going to be the strongest person. You might be, but then there's always going to be... This is where it's like the, the comparison is, you know, the, is the thief of joy, right? Mm-hmm. So People have been uh, setting world records in the, Olymp- in the Olympic lifts, snatching clean and jerk. How many CrossFitters... Look at those things and be like, "Man, that person's my size. Yeah. What am I doing with my life?" And it's right. like that. You have a, such a different. You have a full time job. <laughs> <laughs> you have a such different, different demand on your life than that person does. Right. Most of those Olympic lifters, there are some who have full time jobs. Oh yeah, not many of them, but but the, most of them wake up in the morning, they eat, they train, they eat. Take a nap, they train, they eat, yeah. they sleep. Like especially, like we talk about the Chinese, we talk about the Russian. Oh, like yeah. those those folks are like. So they do man. They're like racehorses. That's what they, that's they do. their life is doing that thing, and and not to not to say don't don't chase being the best possible weightlifter that you can be, but like. Count give, the cost. Count the give yourself a little bit of of. I'm all for looking at those people and say, "Damn, that's freaking impressive." Those people are human specimens. That is what is genetically, physiologically possible. I'm going to do the best that I can, though, because that's not my life. That's not what I'm doing with myself. The demands of my life, my realization is that the demands of my life are not the same as the demands of their life.
1: Correct.
0: I want to be ready to, if Jason's son, Graham, comes running up to me, I can pick him up. If my my nephew, my, my, my sister's Needs to, needs to give me her, her son and I need to carry him around 26 pounds of whatever he is now, mm-hmm. a giant little boy. Yeah. Carry him around for three hours, two, three hours, he can. Like, those are the things I'm like, okay, if I can do those things, I'm doing okay. Right. I'm doing pretty well.
1: And that's the stuff that, you know, I know the generalist or CrossFits, the methodology prepares you for. Um, and I know, and the reason I, I give kudos to our community and folks out there in the community is because it could seem purposeless because we live our everyday lives and we can do this i I, we spoke about it before how warped our thinking is even in this space of what we have the ability to do and what we don't there are moms out there that struggle carrying their baby in a damn car seat i've seen it i've known them
0: well they've hurt themselves doing
1: it like after a certain while that the feeling we get after we do too many wall balls that's how they feel after carrying a kid through a park in the in a car seat like it and it's 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 the catch-22 you have to be able to recognize those benefits in your life and not get stuck comparing yourself to the person that's around you in this gym or something you see elsewhere not knowing what that the demands on their life look like yeah. or how they what they did to get to the place to be able to clean and jerk 405 pounds yeah. or snatch 310 pounds whatever um and and i and i think you know it, it really does come back to just knowing yourself being able to look in the mirror One set goals that are appropriate for whatever it is you want to accomplish be willing to pay the cost for those goals and ride the wave it's gonna go up it's gonna go down but like at the end of the day knowing that the only thing that you can really hang your hat on is the effort that you put into it again there's plenty of people out there paying people for programming writing up programs. I'm guilty of writing up these phenomenal programs that I probably could have went to the Olympics on and I get two days in and I'm like, well, I'm going to take a week off (laughs) because I'm (laughs) staying consistent, ride the wave, stay committed. And, you know, like you say, when you look back, that's the real, like, oh man, I remember where I started. Look at what I've accomplished and be fine with it. You know, Um, generalist or specialist. Yeah. Whichever way, um, that shakes out, so.
0: Absolutely. Steve. Yes. Are you a generalist or a specialist?
1: All honesty, man. I am, I would say I spent my life as a, this is going to be oxymoronic, but it's the truth. Uh. A generalist living in a specialist world. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I remember I sent y'all the pictures of what I looked like yeah. when I was normal, yeah. <laughs> a normal sized human. I was kind—I mean, I was—I was always been a bigger dude, but like his normal was like, man, I'd love to look like two twenty-five, six percent body fat, shredded. <laughs> okay, yeah, the normal. But like, uh, I was. <laughs> I did. I did football. I did basketball and track all year round. And although those are very anaerobic sports, the if this makes sense, people who are listening, the time domains I existed in those. Basketball is anaerobic and aerobic. Like it's nonstop running up and down, up and down, up and down. Like soccer, soccers It's like soccer a little bit, and a lot like of springs, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so track the conditioning that went into it. So I was a very in shape, explosive young man that when I got, so even in that space of explosiveness, I was a generalist, I did football, I did basketball, I did track and that was my cycle all year round. I got to college and I became a football player. And there was certain territory that came with being a football player. That's when I started packing on muscle like clockwork to be prepared for the demands of playing a football game, playing a 14 football game season, being 255 and still explosive and conditioned. So to me, the struggle I always have with drawing that line is, the reason I do CrossFit is because I don't, I have learned to identify with the fact that, yes, most people will see me and think strength. But what they won't see is me in the jujitsu gym. They won't see me playing pickup basketball because that is who I am. Um, So it's, it's, it's hard for me to say it because it's just like, I mean, yeah, I know what I am capable of doing. I know, I know what it would take fully for me to display that. And, And I am in a, The best position I've been in in years to step into the consistency of my training, the uh, surrendering myself to Mm -hmm. disciplining, Mm -hmm. doing those goats, doing the running, doing the skill stuff, all of those things. And what you touched on, I, I wish we had more time and other opportunity to speak to people about this because that process of being some space for so long, that's not just uh I'm gonna change what I do. And like, all right, I, I, I know I've been doing this for the last 15 years. Now all of a sudden I'm gonna start doing double unders every day. There is so much unseen stuff that comes with, like you've watched me personally struggle with this idea of, okay, Steve, Your body hurts, this hurts, you need to stop lifting as much. And I'm like, yeah, Dave, but I get it. And and then I'm like
0: the only way I can lose weight is to run Steve. That's not the weather. But my body breaks down when I run Steve.
1: I don't know. (laughs) And and so you see me struggle with, all right, man, cut it back on the weights. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not gonna do that. Then I do it, then I come back to it. It it, it is a it is a literal emotional, mental connection to now. I am trying to sacrifice my strength even respectfully. I might still be stronger than most people. Yes. <clears throat> even if I lost 20%, but you know you know where you were. I know where I was. I know what I'm fond of yeah. and I know the feeling that I have when I am at my pinnacle of strength. Yeah. So to comp- to let that go that takes a level of discipline that takes a level of surrender again of myself to say, okay, I can, I can work at 70% or I'm not going to max out this cycle or, and it's just like, damn dude, but I love it. Yeah. Like this is me. And I'm not saying that in some kind of like skewed perspective of like my identity is in my strength in the way of a dysfunction as much as it is like we the stuff that we're good at by nature is a part of our identity there are people who run and there is a feeling a euphoric feeling they get when they're running that continues to push them down the path of running and that's the beauty of this whole thing that people don't really look at and I think there is something to be said about being able to bring somebody out of that space. There's nothing. I am going to be strong because I identify with strength, not like I am only strength, but there is a connection I have with it. There is a connection. Some people have with being competitive. There's a connection people have with running. There is. So when we're talking about the transition, it's not, give yourself some grace because it's not as easy as one would think to shift from oh, I'm a generalist now
0: because I want to be. Because <laughs> they talked about it on the podcast and I believe it. it there's, there's like, you, we're not robots, right? Like there's emotional connection, there's emotional baggage associated with it, there's the definition of who, who you think you are versus who you want to be. Like, yeah, it's tough, man. And, and when you think about like, especially
1: when you get to a place of being doing it well because no matter what people say about what they don't care about or it doesn't matter we all want to do stuff well so when you start achieving things okay I tasted 600 on the back squat the immediate thought despite pain and mm, back all of this stuff what's 625 feel like yeah, I could probably get 625 I deadlifted 655 I'm like damn I'm close to seven What's seven gonna feel like? And it might sound crazy.
0: It doesn't, man. I.
1: But it's like, <laughs> it. That's who we are as people. That's not just me. I mean, I'm using myself as an example. Yeah. But like, that's who we are. Yeah. We are hardwired to those things that we are good at. Because there's a there. I, I feel there is that, that that unseen connection to it. Yeah. Um, in, in the in the truest <clears throat> sense, in the healthiest sense. So,
0: and I think well, you mentioned earlier, like giving props, kudos to our community, giving props to kudos to anybody who is willing to put themselves in a place where they're going to be exposing weaknesses. Yeah. On a repetitive basis,
1: mm-hmm. because that's difficult. Yeah. We got one coming up, y'all. Failure, is coming up. Yeah. That topic, because it is like, where well, you, <laughs> you are continually going to. Deal with the fact that there's a high probability I'm
0: going to fail. Yeah, that I'm not going to be able to do something, and as humans, we're hardwired to avoid it. Mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like death for a lot of us. Yeah, it feels like dying. Failure is that. What's one- the?
1: What's the? Uh, we'll have to. We'll have to look this up and post it because it was like the. I don't know, like the fears, top ten fears or something like that. One was like public speaking, and then. I thought failure was on
0: there somewhere. It was probably. I think it was. I think most people fear public speaking more than they fear death. Was that like the Well, yeah, I think crazy right like that, that was like failing. Like it was just like. Yeah. What? <laughs> right there with that. Yeah, uh, but with the idea being like the, the exposing yourself to. That environment, mm-hmm. of so being the person who's who is de- has has a. Uh, has identified with strength, or is, has spent a lot of time being there, mm-hmm. being good at those things, knowing that, however, if you wanna, if you wanna improve overall health, probably need to take a step back from that and be yeah. not as good there. So we're gonna be taking a automatic ego check hit right there. Right. Ego kicked in the nuts. That's hard, man. And yeah. putting yourself in a place of the avenue of aerobic work that you're not so great at. So yeah. now we're taking it another check there. So it's it's yeah. a it's I think one of the reasons why there's, for those who stick with it, there's a huge camaraderie behind the world of CrossFit Mm -hmm. because it's people who are coming in willing to put themselves in that space over and over and over again. And, like, it's a a special thing, man. It's a special thing.
1: Um, What I would like uh, in closing, man, and y'all, when y'all listen to this, and I appreciate y'all, those who stuck around for this hour yeah. uh, to, to listen to this. Um, when we post this, comment, man. What do y- What do you think? Are you a specialist? Are you a generalist? Are you in between? What do you want to be good at? Because those are the things that put you on the path to achieving the stuff that you dream about achieving. It's easy to show up and do what everybody else is doing. Like that's the easy thing. Um, And some of that comes from just not knowing. And that's the, I think fitness is a process of discovery. Like you said, some of us come into CrossFit with a history of some kind, a training history is what most people call it, Um, an active life history. Um, And some some of us who don't, we're on that process of discovery. What do I like? Do I like AMRAPs? Do I like mat cons even? Maybe I like lifting. Maybe I hate lifting. Whatever it is, being able to determine that and then seek the path to help you accomplish that. Uh, because to your point, the program, the, the the plan you can adhere to is the one you're gonna have success in. So
0: absolutely. So comments, come and find old Dragon Slayer or this I guy. Sh- I need to get a shirt this is. What was my nickname? Did you ever give me you know, We
1: need to change. You don't have one because we got to change your nickname. Yeah, D- you know. D-Ball is not a – I can't work with D-Ball.
0: we got to cut that out. A is that a childhood nickname? No. It was – Jeff and I came up with those because we were looking for we – uh, Best friends make bad decisions. That's what they it's, do. It's, He
1: was J, and that's a J-Hook, and I was D, and that's a D-Ball. There's
0: oh, another,
1: like the D-Ball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I was –
0: Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it's follow great. us too. Follow yeah, yeah. us uh, or
1: subscribe so to subscribe
0: whatever. to uh, subscribe to, to us either on your uh, Google device or, or I guess Android or coming to us uh, if you're from Apple we're on the Apple iPad. Yeah, we're on all of them. Podcast now. Getting those um, subscribe and you'll be the first to know or amongst, amongst the first to know when we drop these uh, these podcasts. Yeah. They'll keep on coming. We got yeah. them scheduled out now for a little while. Yeah, um, we got some good stuff coming up to you guys. Uh, for those of you listening to this right now. If you're interested in the Open, get out there, sign up for it, get yourselves ready for it. We're going to be having a good time uh, exposing some weaknesses. Yeah, we are. As always with the Open. As always. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Have yourselves a wonderful week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Adios.